The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey, everybody. Will Brenton here with the Pick 6 Podcast. Just FYI, as we were recording this mailbag, the owners' meetings in Florida were canceled as a result of corona and COVID-19. We discuss it briefly later on in the mailbag. Uh, Pete Prisco and I in another show for Friday. We'll talk about it at further length, but just wanted to give you a heads up in case you were wondering why we didn't break it down. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is probably Thursday, March the 12th, if you're listening to this. Potentially, oh no, Friday, March 13th. That just hit me. Um, interesting. The uh, sports are all canceled thanks to Corona, but we're doing an extra mailbag podcast episode anyway to give you six because you got time to kill. You can't watch any basketball. It's all been canceled. The NBA's been suspended. The NHL's been suspended. MLB's pushing back opening day. And we are going to answer your Apple podcast, Apple podcast review questions. As a reminder, if you leave five stars and ask us a question about anything, it could be, uh, Ryan's sanitation methods. Could be Sean's flagrant disregard for public health or, uh, Breach's decision to never wear a shirt under sweatshirts. Anything about us, the super friends that you want to ask, we will answer. Only one person on this podcast right now, actually two of them are touching their face. I'm very disappointed in Debo and Ryan. Debo's in an office too. Yeah, I live in a bunker. I'm fine. Yeah, Wilson. Wilson has to like before he can go back up to his house. He actually has one of those like things where you turn around and get sprayed. <laughs> like Ryan strips down and gets sprayed by like an automatic cleanser that's like full of like it's like Clorox and like this proprietary Wilson blend of. Clorox and bleach. And he uses the melted snow that he shovels all the time. But, but then the opposite of that is that Sean is the Rudy Gobert of this podcast, just flailing around Oakland, yep. going to the movie theater, putting his germs everywhere. Sean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. You can't be doing that stuff. That Rudy, Rudy Gobert, I mean, dude, you can't do that. Gobert, for those who don't know, Rudy Gobert was the um, – the first NBA player to positively test for Corona. They canceled the Jazz and Thunder game on Wednesday night, uh, right? And like, and you know, and like, I don't know if you heard the announcement. The guys like, we're all safe. You're all safe. Please exit the building in a very orderly fashion. The game is postponed. We are all safe. That is the um, worst thing you could possibly say to a bunch of people who know they're not safe. You're better off just screaming fire, 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 very loudly. Uh, so Gobert, but the day or two days before, had apparently been like. 
like purposely like joking around by like getting really close to Apparently, all the stuff. He was 100% doing that. No, 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 Did no, no, you no, see no. the video? It's insane. With the microphones or yes. the Oh no, so I I was saying like uh, apparently Jazz other Jazz teammates said he was like getting like handsy with their stuff too in the locker rooms and he was but he also apparently with the video like he was like touched every microphone in the room at his press conference. Then uh, 24 hours later he was declared questionable with an illness and then 12 hours later he was uh he, he had the game canceled cuz he's and got And then Donovan Mitchell well, wait, let me let me toss on top of that. The only reason there were a bunch of mics in his press conference is because the NBA just 12 hours earlier had said no locker room availability. Everybody has to do it in one spot. So maybe if that policy had been in place, there might have only been two or three people interviewing him. Instead, you had a bunch of mics and a bunch of people uh, getting their stuff touched. So that's a weird situation. Duke. Uh, the Duke Blue Devils have withdrawn from the NCAA tournament. By the way, convenient move if you're Duke. And you don't have a great team. Like they weren't even like a top three NCAA team. Get out now. And I'm not suggesting North Carolina. Doing that. North Carolina should probably do that next. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, Miami Ouch. of Ohio. You are aware take, that we're taking them out. You are aware that North Carolina is not eligible, right? Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. Carolina. Uh, in fact, it's possible if the Corona is indeed ending civilization as we know it, it's possible the final Atlantic Coast Conference basketball game ever will be Roy Williams losing as a 14 seed to 30 by 30 points to Syracuse. It happens. Just saying, if you're going to, if you're going to go out and if you're going to go out, got to go out. Yeah. Would that actually, would that mean the, no, yeah, I was going to say. No, that would not mean that NC state won the ACC. No, Florida state did. They gave him the trophy. Do you see that? They like they canceled the game and then gave him the trophy. And I would just like to remind everyone, this is a mailbag podcast where there was only a 25% chance that we're actually going to talk about NFL stuff. That's right. Um, well, look, no, but the reason we bring up Corona is because it's what's happening, and we will have more on that and the impact of the NFL tomorrow with Pete Prisco. Worth noting that the Dolphins have suspended travel for scouts and coaches. The Eagles are shutting down their training facility, and I think the Vikings said uh, that they are monitoring the situation, and the Redskins have suspended travel as well. Did I miss any NFL teams as of 2 p.m. on Thursday? Panthers cut out flying for coaches and scouts. Um, there's a there's a report that just popped up, Panthers-related, I would suppose, that the NFL, that the uh, state of North Carolina, that Roy Cooper is going to announce a ban on all gatherings of 100 people or more. Which yeah, We have something similar here. I, I don't know the number. It might be 250 or 100. And what? yet you still went to the movies. There were eight people in the theater, Brinson. Did Calm you down. You, you went to the grocery store, and you had a better chance of doing bad there. I went to the grocery store at like 10.30 a.m. It's blogger time, buddy. There ain't nobody there. It's me and like four old ladies. They're looking at me like I'm like I'm you're, a, you're I'm the a carrier. killer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, this virus carrier. Um, and yeah. NFL doesn't plan to move free agency, which I think is – Interesting. It's not, I guess it's not like you need, these guys are, all these deals are done Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday before free agency even starts. It's not like these guys are flying to the team facilities. You know, Tom Brady's not flying to LA to visit with the Chargers or to Vegas to visit with the Raiders. So there's not risk there, but you know, there's, you got to sign a contract. You got to take physicals. There are a lot of reasons you could argue they should move free agency, but as of right the second, they're saying, nah, it's happening March 18th like it was supposed to. Is there any, Physicals are actually a big deal for people that you have questions about. So I think that that is sort of a reason to move. What if you test positive for coronavirus during your physical? I mean, it's that's crazy. A, 
Is there any chance the NFL is not moving it back because they want to dominate the news cycle now that all the sports are done? I, I, I Sean, I don't think that's a crazy theory. That's Sean's theory. Not uh, yet. That's <laughs> fire I, only, Sean. Not not. I mean, else. well, I mean, like I asked this question of, of Jonathan Jones uh, yesterday, and it's basically. If you were an NFL draft prospect, would you attend the draft as it, as it, as it is right now? Well, actually, B, I asked BMAC. Sorry, not Jonathan Jones. Uh, like, BMAC, if you were coming out of college as a draft prospect, would you attend the draft? Because, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, if you do, you, you tend to, you know, you could run a risk of, um, and be in the hotel lobby with the other 12 people that are reading names off a card. I mean, the draft, where's the draft going to be? We don't even know. It's going to be in some small room. Well, I guess it could be, yeah. I mean, it might even be like a, like a prison setup where the, the guys are on one side of the glass and the people announcing on the other side of the glass, you wave at them and then you walk through the little Wilson wash-off chamber and then you go on about your day. Well, and that's completely – you look at as recently as 1994, the draft was held in a hotel ballroom, hotel conference room. So, you know, this is one event that could easily be done with no one in attendance. You just have Roger Goodell in a studio announcing picks while, you know, everybody's doing this via teleconference. So – well, that, that's certainly what Rich Eisen suggested when he went on uh, 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore with our pal Jason Lockenfore. He's got a new radio show on there. If you're in the Baltimore area, you should absolutely check it out. Or if you're just like JLC talking Orioles, or maybe maybe talking not talking Orioles, um, since baseball won't start on time, uh, you should check out that radio show. Um, Eisen suggested that the NFL should just move it to a studio and have a single studio and bring whoever you want to or just announce it. And that sort of makes sense, and that's sort of where things are probably going. Uh, but, look, this is a very fluid situation. I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot more as we get closer to free agency. In the meantime, let's get to some reviews. Remember, you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review, and we will answer any questions that you might have. Uh, recently started listening. This is from Booner Jams with a Z. Recently started listening to the Pick 6 pod. Love the Super Friends episode. I don't know who giggles in the background. My guess is Breach, but it always cracks me up, LOL. Bleeped my pants from the comparison on Sourdough Sam to Will Brinson. Lastly, can we get visuals to Yoga Girl Daily? Devo, find out from Rachel. Thanks, please. Make more Super Friends episodes. Good review. And he's right. It is Breach. Uh, and also, I will say he's right about another thing. We had Brinson do a swab of his DNA, turn it into 23 of me, and it turns out he is actually half-brothers with Sourdough Sam. So it, it all ties together there. It's a good one. <laughs> that was, there's the giggle. There's the patented giggle. Wait, so I, I, what, who is Debo, who's Debo supposed to ask from Rachel? I think that was the Yoga Dale, Yoga Girl Daily host. Yes, okay. that is I correct. Like, is he to, I was like, is Breach doing Yoga Girl Daily? And like, he's supposed to ask. Like, I do want to. I do want to bring up the fact that we mentioned Yoga Girl Daily twice on this podcast, and I sent this to you guys. When you search Yoga Girl Daily on Apple Podcasts right now, Pick Six is the fourth result <laughs> that shows up because of two mentions. I that love is it. Not sin at all. Do you think that they found out that we were talking about them? I think it's just one person, and no. She probably no, do you think Yoga Girl Daily found out that we were discussing her? She's I don't. Like, what, so flattered that we were talking about her? I mean, I would say apparently there's a lot of crossover here if our, our guy uh, Booner Jams mentioned <laughs> it. It's possible someone jumped in the 
comment section. We should collab with them. Of Yoga Girl Daily and said, hey, did you guys know the Pick 6 podcast talks about you all the time? This is Debo's dream scenario. Is <laughs> so, Actually, yeah, this is what Pick 6 podcast listeners need to do. Huh. Go to Yoga Girl Daily's either Instagram or even better, Apple Podcast Review and be like, started listening to you because of at Pick 6 Pod on Instagram or just Pick 6 Podcast. And let's just see if we can get a collaboration going. And worst case is Debo does a, a daily NFL yoga podcast by himself, and then he becomes a superstar, and we have to hire, like, Brodsky to be our producer or something like that. Mm. And then the day in the Pick 6 podcast goes off the rails, like, just uh, moving along from MDJM29 via Apple Podcast. Who would win a game? A team of Lamar Jackson's or a team of Taysom Hill's? This is such a disrespectful question. I love that question. There's no way Taysom Hill's beating Lamar Jackson. Thank under, you. Under any stance. I'm taking Taysom Hill. And Are you kidding me? Loose. Have you, you seen take... Lamar Jackson play special teams? You think he's making those tackles that Taysom? You need How defensive Taysom linemen? Hill you need up. offensive linemen? What are you talking about? How is he? How is a Taysom Hill covering Lamar Jackson downfield or in open space? What am I talking about, Ryan? It's this just is going to run away from him. A team of Lamar Jackson, so eleven Lamar Jacksons versus no, eleven can, Taysom I, Hill. So I, they I, have to play defensive line, linebacker. I'm taking Taysom Hill at a lot of these positions. Why, why, in your mind, can Taysom Hill play offensive tackle better than Lamar? <laughs> because he plays special team. He's used to playing these positions and getting hit and tackling people, and he's good at it. Lamar I Jackson think, is not used to getting hit. I think, and Taysom Hill's the next Steve Young. I think a team of Taysom Hills. Would be better defensively than a team of Lamar Jacksons. No. Not, I think against, not against a team of Lamar Jacksons. Correct. Though. Just in a vacuum. Yeah. Right. Against Mr. Besky, sure they would crush. <laughs> yes. Him. Against us, yes. Yeah. <laughs> not but, against they, not against a team of Lamar Jacksons that will just run right past them. All right. Who would win? Lamar Jackson. Wait. What's what's the point spread? What's Jackson's the point spread the in this game? You said Taysom Hill's going to win straight up, so Taysom Hill's clearly yeah, favorite. Well, no, but I'm outnumbered three to one apparently, so clearly Lamar should be the favorite. What does Brenton think? I, I think it's a, I think it's a lot closer than you guys are. It's disrespectful to Taysom Hill. Four and a half. Four but, and a half. Yeah, four, four and a half. half. Right. Lamar Jackson's going to – people are hammering Lamar Jackson at four and a half. <laughs> you just said it's disrespectful to Taysom Hill. <laughs> I thought you were going to say 14. Oh, I, I was like, I was I was say go seven like, and a half. I was going to go seven and a half, but I thought that's what you figured, so I went down to four and a half. No, four? I think seven and a half would be the spread. And I would take Lamar every single time. So, John, how much would you bet on that just so I know what you're going to lose? <laughs> I'm betting $100 straight up on the money line on that four and a half point so Lamar you, Jackson favorite. You are losing 100 bucks. Got it. Okay. No way. Just like they lost five bucks betting on Mitchell Trubisky to win MVP. Did you guys mail him that money yet? Uh, we haven't lost that money yet. I'm I'm saving it for Corona supplies, so it would be By pretty trying to demand it. Just as an example of how fluid this situation is, in between the time that we started uh, this podcast, Kansas has also withdrawn from the NCAA tournament, indicating that it's probably going goodbye. Um, uh, breaking news, William Mary has also withdrawn. <laughs> they weren't going. There were like two teams in the country that have never been to the NCAA tournament. Do you know what's you know what's great is that both you and Sean, now on this show, this very episode, executed just completely flat tournament jokes. Wait a minute, but at least mine was the first one. He he watched my joke fall flat, and then he tried to repeat it with an even smaller school no one cares about. At least I think the school people care about. What was your joke? I didn't even hear it. It was the exact same one. Don't fall for that, Sean. <laughs> I that smile on his face. I hate I, that smile. I will say face. in Ryan's defense that the William and Mary listeners listening to the podcast will love that joke. Thank you. 
That's Bear. right. Did, uh, did you guys hear Ryan's uh, story about, Sharper. about Sean McDermott? Oh, this is a funny story. Oh, my God. Did you, did you, you didn't tell this on the podcast, did you? I think you just told no, I told it on the podcast with you and Josh Edwards, but I'll tell these two nerds quickly. Uh, at the Combine, like the first or second day, he was standing next to the HQ set for some random reason. So I went over um, and um, put my stuff down and said, hey, Sean, um, Ryan Wilson went to William Mary Class of 95. And whoever he was with goes, oh, William Mary. And Sean goes, uh, all right, okay. <laughs> so I talked to him for like 30 <laughs> seconds. And uh, he was... He could have been more disinterested. And I've actually I talked, to him, I talked to him for 15 minutes at the Carolina Panthers Broncos Super Bowl, and he seemed quite interested talking about William Marion stuff. Uh, but he had no recollection of that apparently. And then after 30 seconds of just the most awkward small talk, uh, William Marion's mascot has since changed, but they used to be the Tribe when we were there. So after 30 seconds of just nonsense, he slaps me on the back and goes, "All right then, go tribe and walks off." <laughs> I think maybe you... I like Sean McDermott a lot now. Yeah. It's, po- it's possible you've become for Sean McDermott like what I am for Russell Wilson. He's like, "Oh, it's the steak guy." <laughs> you know, it's like, oh. <laughs> this yeah. guy won't stop. He's like, "I hate state, man. Just leave me alone about it." Uh, this uh, Sean McDermott's like, "Oh my god, this guy's gonna stain my ear about William and Mary for 15 minutes." But the, whole, the whole conversation, he's trying to remember what the old mascot was so he can end it with that. He's, he's like, like, "What was it called?" And like, but like, there's nothing worse when you try to talk to somebody and it just like it goes flat, and like you know that the next 10 minutes are just gonna be awkward, like disastrous, like non-conversation. And then mercifully, Sean McDermott bails him out with a go tribe and walks off. Yeah, not 10 minutes, 30 seconds. He goes, "Look, man, I would rather just talk to these fans. That I don't want to talk to them." <laughs> He turns around and says, anyone else going to win and marry? Anybody? I even said, I just talked to Joe Person, who writes for The Athletic, and used to write for the Charlotte Observer, and went to college with, with um, Sean McDermott, too. I said, I just saw Joe over there, and we were just talking. Nothing. I might as well have been speaking French. He had nothing. <laughs> All right. CBA rookie contract question from Duty86. What's with you guys? <laughs> Boner Jams, Duty86. Booner Jams, right. Oh. Jesus, Ryan. What? Wow. Oh, Boner Jams is my nickname. Right, yeah, you got that mixed up with your uh, online <laughs> right. that's like, adult website name. That's my AOL username from back in the day. Boner Jams 73. Boner Jams. Boner Jams. This is uh, Duty86 wants to know, maybe Duty isn't even, maybe it's just a, a play name or like a, you know, a nickname or something. Oh, you don't like think it's his real name? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe he's the Dudinator. CBA rookie contract question. I'm not sure it's a question, it's a statement, but we can still respond to it. Players need to have more player opt-outs. In the new CBA, could the players ask for opt-out after two or three years for late-round picks after round three so a late-round running back could have some prime years to get bigger money? Franchise tag is available for owners so they still have leverage, but the player doesn't get run to the ground and dumped as too old for a second contract. This is a great question. And first of all, thank you for listening to the CBA discussions. I was going to say, is this a great question? Because I read it twice, and both times I couldn't get through it. I was so bored with the CBA talk. <laughs> Jesus, Ryan, these are our listeners. Go no disrespect to them. Uh, we know who Duty86's <laughs> least favorite podcaster is. <laughs> least favorite super friend. Well, it's, it could be Ryan. It could be Sean, though, because Sean just fl- like flagrant disregard for his job by not reading the podcast. This is my – yeah, this is my question. I'm asking you guys questions so I can learn about the CBA. Oh, he is from Australia, though, so he gets points for that. Okay. If you want to give him points for that, that that's cool. Um, so here's what I would say is that it is entirely possible that they – like I think it makes a lot of sense. 
the idea of building in opt-outs for players. However, there is a 0.0% chance that the owners are going to do that because if they do that, then you end up in a situation where players will get more money more quickly. And so what they're trying to do instead with these rookie contracts is to, instead of letting them get opt-outs, they're creating, as we talked about on the podcast, they're instead creating incentives if you make a Pro Bowl as a first ballot guy, not as an alternate. And so, unfortunately for the players, like, I think that this is actually something that the players could have been more proactive about asking for. But they wanted to shore up the bottom part of the of the you know of the of the of the player pool in terms of their salaries. They wanted to get better health care, uh, better pension plans for you know the older players. And so like those things are not very sexy in terms of being able to get money right away in rookies' contracts in the pockets of rookies on their contracts. Uh, it's it, 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 to me it's a shame though. Like you should have. They gave up so much in the last CBA on rookie deals in terms of money that was going to play to the rookie players that they should have fought to get something back to make these contracts shorter. You got the tag, you got the fifth year option. How much control should should these guys really get for drafting these players? Well, I like the root of what this guy's saying and what you just said, Brinson. If I was representing the players in the newest CBA, this is what I would want in the draft. I would want guys drafted on day one, so the first round. They get that same five-year deal, four-year deal with the fifth-year option. If you're drafted on day two, you get an automatic four-year deal. So second and third rounders get the four-year deal. If you're drafted on day three, you only get a three-year deal because it's the day three guys. He mentioned our, our boy Duty86 mentioned the running backs, but it's really the day three guys that get hosed over the most because if they end up being superstars, if they end up being really good, they're locked into a four-year contract where they're basically making the league minimum. They can't cash out after two years. Uh, you know, Tom Brady Russell signed Wilson. Russell Wilson. You sign a contract where you're being paid. You know, if you're a first-round pick, Mahomes, you're making – or, or uh, Kyler Murray, you're making $36 million. If you're a six-round pick who is a superstar, you're making $500,000 a year for four years no matter how good you are. So there needs to be some protection at the bottom of the draft, and I think giving day three guys a three-year deal as part of the CBA uh, would be the way to fix it. You just basically tie your contract length to what day you were drafted on. Um, and it, this wasn't exactly his question, and I, I agree with both what you said. I don't think, as Brinson said, it would happen because the owners just don't want to give up uh, that level of control they have over cheap talent. But I think one solution to give players more – more control and the owner and the teams less control. And this was talked about before negotiations started. And as Brenton, you mentioned, it just kind of went away. It's like just getting rid of the franchise tag. Like, I feel like this was talked about a couple years ago as a potential bargaining point, And we just haven't heard a single thing about it. I feel like in the past year. And if you think about it, the franchise tag, is just insanely uh, prohibitive for the players oh, yeah. because it, it places these guys who have one breakout year into automatic, tag territory as opposed to getting long-term security and there's nothing they can do about it they, they are just completely locked into playing on that one year deal and just to be clear they will not get rid of the franchise tag that is no. something that they will never let go because it is it inherently ties quarterbacks to specific teams and owners are um you know very uh very enthused to keep quarterbacks around okay let's see what's up next oh this is a good one uh sean you can't tell us about this. This is a surprise question. You didn't know it's coming. And we're going to start with Ryan first. First is best. That's because that's because Ryan fell asleep during the CBA discussion. Sorry, Ryan. Tell us your engagement story. Oh, right there. Oh yeah, nice. 
That's from Debo added it late. For those that don't know, we talked about it a little bit. <laughs> have you guys? Oh, oh my God! You guys haven't heard Ryan's engagement story, have you? No, we get the oh text. Oh my God! Message. Yes, I forgot. We were talking about it with Josh Edwards before. Did we say it on the podcast? We didn't. In fact, I was like, we can't say it on the podcast because we have to save it for Sean and John. So Ryan, give us a fo- listeners, as, as B Mac likes to say, listeners. <laughs> I need you to tighten up here. Stop doing something else. I mean, drive, keep driving, but like, don't. You need to listen, Ryan. Give us the full engagement story. When you, when it happened, where you were, full preparations. How your wife reacted. So this came out at the combine again, in addition to the, the indignity of Sean McDermott slapping me about the face with the Go Tribe walk off. <laughs> um, Jamie Eisenberg got it out of me because I wasn't paying attention. One of our other coworkers was there and was traveling uh, to to Paris, and we were giving him a hard time about potentially uh, uh, proposing to his girlfriend, and he was having none of it. And Jamie, to keep the story going, said, "So Ryan, what was your engagement story?" And Jay, Jamie's very disarming, and I've told the story on FFT last week, I think. So when he asks you something, you're not you're like, oh, I'll I'll play I'll play play along and answer the question. And I got five words into the story and remembered there's a reason I don't tell this story because it's absolutely embarrassing, one of the most embarrassing things that I've ever been a part of. But Jamie's the type of person that if you say, oh, I don't want to talk about it, that's going to make it infinitely worse. So I'm sitting there with him and and the other person, and by the end of it, Prisco, Brady Quinn. Josh, like Jamie met Josh Edwards for the first time in Indy, and he said, "Hey, Josh, how you doing? How'd you get engaged?" Because he knew the next question was going to be, "Ryan, how did you get engaged?" <laughs> he wanted me to tell the story as many times as possible. So, 2001, we were living in Pittsburgh. I was going to Carnegie Mellon. My wife's a school teacher, and uh, we've been together for like three and a half years at that point, I think. And uh, so, I called her parents, my wife's parents, and they. Of course, they loved me, so they had no issues with me getting engaged with, to their daughter. They may have thought otherwise if they knew the, the means about which I was going to do it. So my grand plan, and I honestly, I have no, I can't remember, and Brent was asking me why. I don't remember why I thought this was a good idea at any point. Like, I can't rationalize it. Um, so she had gone to bed early because uh, I found out later she reminded me when I asked her about the other day that she had a migraine headache. So she went to bed early, and in my infinite wisdom, uh, this was my plan. And I defy anyone listening to this. I defy anyone on planet Earth to come up with a worse proposal story than this. If you have a worse one or one that's close or you think is worse, leave it as a five-star review in Apple iTunes, yeah. Apple Podcasts, and we will read it. I would tell you to tweet it at Brinson, but apparently he's he's off Twitter because he got in trouble. So my wife, <laughs> my wife had gone to bed. My wife had gone to bed early because she had had a headache. My my girlfriend at the time, or fian- uh, yeah, girlfriend. girlfriend. Yes, yes, that's worse. <laughs> this is it's off to a strong start. Um, so get to the. F- Oh. <laughs> hey oh, we got an F bomb. <laughs> I don't need to hear so who was there, who was listening. Jamie disarming you. Get to the freaking story, man. That's I have never heard Devo, Sean lash out that. like that. Devo, you gotta just believe it. Don't cut it. Yeah, you believe it. Brenton said be thorough. So my wife went to bed early. My girlfriend time went to bed early. Did you get that part? And she then had, she had a headache. I've heard. Just uh, let him tell the story. He's almost there, right, Sean? Oh, there. Like a millennial can't, can't enjoy a good yarn. In my in my infinite wisdom, this is what I thought would be incredibly romantic. I went to the grocery store and purchased some store-bought brownies. Not homemade, store-bought, mind you. Bought some icing and a, and a piping little machine and wrote on these brownies, opened up the little plastic container, will you marry me? Shut the plastic <laughs> container, put the brownies on the counter, went to bed, forgot about it. My wife woke up the next morning and saw it first. And she woke me up, and I was like, why are you waking me up? She was 
you know, she was like, yes, I'll marry you. And what's her <laughs> I have no idea what she said. That. So like, it gets worse. Like, those are the details I remembered. I asked her about it at the combine. And uh, let me see if I can find this text real quick. He has. Well, Ryan, what what do the ring look like that you proposed with? Yeah, I'm getting to that. I, I got it. While while he looks, I just want to add, Ryan, what you did. I asked a girl to prom that way, riding on store bought brownies. So what? maybe maybe not a maybe not a great way to do it. You use brownies? Oh my god! So you, Ryan did a promposal for his wedding. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I did when I was 18, asking my friend to go to prom. I, I don't think it's okay to do that for prom either. For the record, no, it's not. That's a very no. It's a it's a very classic. You write on like food or something. You give it to them at like lunch or something. I did it after school though at her house. So um, you were you were young a long time ago, Brinson. Okay. So anyway, uh, to Brinson's point, so I asked my wife about it, and I can't find the text right now. But she t- she filled me in the details when when I got home uh, from Indianapolis, and apparently, uh, in addition to the brownies, I left like a whole bag of gumballs. Why you may ask? Because I didn't have a ring. Why would I have had a ring? That didn't make any sense. And I could I was such an idiot. I couldn't even find ring pops, which was my original intention, according to her relaying the story to me, 19 years later. So instead of ring pops as a fill in for the ring, I bought her gumballs like a moron. And this was my wife's quote to me. When she picked me up at the airport at 11 p.m., uh, whatever, I got back from Indianapolis. It felt like I got engaged all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that just is to, my, yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, just to clarify, Ryan proposed with a thing of store-bought brownies where he wrote, Will you marry me? Stuck him on the counter in the fridge. Went to bed. Didn't yeah. have a ring. Didn't nope. have a ring. Had ring Stop, pops. You substitute gumballs, <laughs> which makes no oh, sense. What? Why gumballs? <laughs> How old were you? Uh, I was like 26, 27. I was grown enough to know not to do that. Then why did you do it? What was going through I, your head? Honestly, Brentson thought there was some grand conspiracy. I cannot, for the life of me, defend or even figure out why I thought that was a good idea. And she said yes. Wow. Yeah, it's not the sort of thing you say yes to. It's, in fact, the biggest red flag possible. That's when you run and hide. Oh, I found, uh, Breach. I, I found the text, by the way. You want to see, hear the text that I had sent, sent to her? From from Indianapolis. And I said, oh, one more thing. What do you remember about our proposal, about my proposal? Jamie, who was such a GD instigator, got the story out of me and wanted to hear it from you, your perspective. Question mark was her response. The marriage proposal, exclamation point. Her response, what are you talking about? When you proposed to me, question mark? <laughs> so I, clearly this was a, a very uh, – left an imprint on her. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, uh, that's- so, right, that's enough of yours. Um, we, 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 we covered it. It's embarrassing. Uh, for mine, mine's pretty simple. My, my wife had a uh, – I got a ring, and my wife, we had a, uh, my wife had a dog. Off to a better nice, start. Uh, a nice – a really nice ring. I got a bunch of flowers, hydrangeas, and uh, I had a key – my wife had an apartment in Greensboro that we lived in after we got married. Uh, you know, we were dating, so I had a key to get into the apartment. I worked from home there, would walk the dogs, et cetera. You know, it's very yeah, – not – didn't live there, but you know, more or less you know, lived there a lot. Was there a lot? And um, I uh, I bought a bunch of flowers. And when she came back from work, I had tied the ring in a box to the dog's collar. And the dog ran over to the door, and she was like, "Oh, uh, uh, are you proposing?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's why there's a ring that says, will you marry me?'" And flowers. So it's pretty basic, nothing crazy, but uh, pretty solid. The dog came through. Dog came through. I think that's pretty good. I think I might have put some bacon by the door or something like that. It's just a... yeah. Ryan, Ryan, take notes. I give that a three. 
<laughs> Yours is a is a zero. Is negative so. five? I mean, like, what, like, what are we comparing? Here? I don't think we can even grade it because it didn't really happen. All right, Bree, I, I guarantee you, Breach is going to blow both. Well, definitely mine. It be one of the yeah. best I've ever heard. No, it's well, it's not. Ryan, yours takes the cake as far as uh, lack of creativity, but awesome, awesome story, but non-creative uh, proposal. Uh, my uh, my proposal, I got accidentally drunk. Totally did not mean to, because like. I'm sure uh, – Ryan, I can't believe you fell asleep because if you've ever proposed, uh, people, maybe if you've been married multiple times, you've done it multiple times, but you get nervous. I'm not somebody who gets nervous a lot, but you do get nervous when it happens. And so long story short, we're in La Jolla, California. We have a hotel there. We're checking in at the lobby, and the person working up front says, oh, you guys picked the perfect weekend. There's a free whiskey festival at our pool tonight. And I was like, like, what? Like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, yeah, just out there. There's free samples of whiskey. They'll give you a little glass, and because you're staying here, you can fill it up as many times as you want. And my wife is like, oh, we're definitely doing that. Let's get upstairs. Let's drop our stuff up and get to this whiskey festival. And she knew we had dinner reservations, and my plan was to propose before that. Now, all of a sudden, uh, let's cut to two hours later when we're both about five drinks of whiskey deep. And I'm like, we're going to get blackout drunk. No one's going to remember this proposal even happened. I'm going to lose the ring because it's in my pocket. Um, So and and we're both, you know, like you start drinking, you have to pee more, less romantic. (laughs) So long story short, we end up going up to the room. I had like a Polaroid camera rigged up with a little thing and uh, proposed in the room, got a picture with the Polaroid. And we both had whiskey breath. And then we went out to dinner. She say yes. She did say yes, and now we're having a baby in two weeks. Mm. Yeah, it's a little better than mine. All right, the bar's been set, Sean. So I will top it in fifteen years for free whiskey festival. Go to La Jolla, and I actually uh, proposed on March eighteenth, which is also the start of NFL free agency. I'm sure your wife is pumped about that. She's not. Yeah. Um. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll answer the rest of the mailbag questions, and then we will uh, – yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll answer the mailbag questions. <laughs> the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes – giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So during the first half of the podcast on Thursday, it was, again, the corona, uh, COVID-19 thing, fluid, stuff is being canceled left and right. The NFL issued a statement on the annual meeting, a.k.a. the owners' meetings, as I mentioned several days ago. To no surprise, it is being canceled. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell notified the clubs today that after careful consideration and consultation with medical experts, the NFL's annual meeting scheduled for March 29th through April 1st has been canceled. 
There will be a full consideration and vote on any open football issues, including playing rules, bylaws, and the agenda for the annual meeting at – oh, and resolutions as well as other business matters that were on the agenda for the annual meeting at the spring meeting scheduled for May 19th through the 20th. Most of the first day will be dedicated to football-related issues. Head coaches and general managers will participate in the meeting. The decision was made with the leagues, you know, et cetera. No surprise. Look, there was no chance that um, a bunch of uh, old billionaires – we're traveling down to Palm Beach to meet with you know, a couple hundred members of the media, as well as every NFL head coach and every NFL general manager and their families. That's, that's what happens with these things. There was never a chance after this thing started escalating uh, that that was going to happen. So any rules changes now for the NFL season will, be, will occur in May uh, if you know, hopefully they have the meeting then. We'll find out more on the draft. I would assume they kick that can – down the road into probably early April. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is I hear a lot of hoopla on Twitter about the NFL has to decide something right this second. We're a month and a half away. Yeah. A lot can change in two or three weeks. I mean, a lot just changed in 48 hours. On Monday, we didn't think that every single basketball conference was going to cancel the tournament, you know? So, I mean, NFL- I mean, 24 hours ago, we're recording this around 2.30 on Thursday, 24 hours ago, ACC was playing games in front of fans and saying, like, hey, we're not going to cancel. We're not the gonna- NBA didn't suspend its season 24 hours. The you know, NBA like- was floating ideas about playing in, like, neutral cities or something that everyone was like. Tom Hanks no didn't have coronavirus yet. So, like, yeah. the fact that saying the NFL has to do something about the draft right now, uh, that's just not yeah. – th- that doesn't make any sense. They have two or three weeks to figure it out, and people who were planning to go to Vegas, they already know the risk. So telling those people that the draft might be canceled doesn't change anything because they already know that's a possibility. You know, uh, to that point, John, um, Danny and um, Grant, who have the uh, radio show in Washington, D.C., they're in Grant Danny, West Palm right now for um, Nats spring training. Yeah. And on Thursday, as they do their show right outside the stadium, it sounds like thousands of people are walking into the stadium like nothing's changed. So people to to breach talking about people that are going to go to Vegas are going to go to Vegas. They're going. So it doesn't make, it doesn't matter whether you announce it now or you announce it in two and a half, three and a half, four weeks. Um, if people want to be there, they're going to be there, whether it's quote unquote safe or not. I mean, there, a lot of companies are issuing policies. And as I mentioned, like Roy Cooper is going to say, you shouldn't be in a gathering with more than a hundred people. And they're, you know, their policies, it's like internal meetings, max, you know, 40 people or less or 40 people or more should be canceled. And so the, the idea is not like, See, this is what I don't, I think some people perceive as like panic and fear and, and meltdown, but like the idea is just to minimize social interaction with large crowds because that's how quickly it can spread. And so if you can do that, you can see a decline in, in terms of the cases. Uh, it is, it's an unknown. So I mean, who knows how long it's going to last and how it will work. Hopefully the scientists get cooking. Thank you, doctor. You're welcome. Doc, Dr. Brinson. You're welcome, male nurse Ryan Wilson. Mailbag time. Mailbag. Mailbag. Joe Cool Clemson fan from Apple Podcast writes, Mailbag, love the show. I was wondering what y'all think about tanking. Is tanking a viable option for teams to get better faster? Will it hurt the program too much to bounce back quickly? Can Miami become great with the strategy they've been using? And can Carolina be a Super Bowl contender in a few years after they got Trevor Lawrence? Ryan, as our resident uh, draft senior, junior draft expert. <laughs> yeah. How did you answer this? Senior, junior. I don't think tank, tanking works unless you're the one team that gets lucky and the and the Dolphins tried to tank and it, it didn't work out. They won five of the last nine games after going, I think, 0-7. Uh, 
They have the number five pick. Tua fractured his hip. So a lot of things have to go right, and by right I mean extremely wrong for you to get what you want. And they didn't even know who Joe Burrow was. So, I look, one team can have a plan on tanking. If four teams have a, plank, a tanking plan, only one of those teams are getting Trevor Lawrence. So I don't – like you seem to be under the impression that the Panthers are in full-on tank mode. I just don't get why that makes them a better franchise. I understand getting rid of Greg Olson, uh, Luke Keekley retirement. You can't do anything about that. Figuring out if Cam Newton's healthy. But I don't think you throw away the season for – I don't know what to what end, to be honest with you. Can so, I offer a yeah. counterpoint? Um Yes, like it would have been better if the Dolphins had won zero games and had the first overall pick, but at least what the Dolphins have done is given themselves more shot in the draft. And as we all know, the draft is a crapshoot and no one actually knows if these players are going to be good or not. No offense, Ryan. Um, but so what, so what you do is you just give yourself more lottery tickets and you get yourself a better chance. Sean, my counter to your counterpoint is, is this team better? Without Micah Fitzpatrick and Laramie Tunzel, but having those three extra first Well, runs. I think you can say maybe, and I don't probably debate for a different time, you can look at these specific instances of teams tanking. You can criticize the way in which they're tanking. But I think the general idea to acquire as much traffic capital as possible so you have more shots at cheap young talent, I don't think that's a flawed way. Now, I also think – I don't think this means every bad team should do this. I think this is like – for a cert- if you're already entering a season where you're lost, then I think it can make sense. Um, but to your point, I don't think it's like, you know, guaranteed that you're going to be good. I mean, people always like point to the Browns, but it took the Browns a lot of, a lot of years to actually get some talent. And even now, obviously they're still not like a playoff team. I think it makes sense to do, um, because the, the biggest crapshoot of all uh, out of the draft prospects are quarterbacks. And I think it makes sense if you're a team not to tank, draft a quarterback every single yeah. year. You don't draft one in the first round, but in your day three picks and you're like, yeah. Let's trade them. No, draft a kid in the fourth round. See what happens because I think that might even be a better strategy, and this is just anecdotally, than trying to tank in a specific year to land Trevor Lawrence or, or land Tua Tagovailoa, and then things happen, and you win games you shouldn't win. You beat the freaking Patriots. I mean, and now you're a five-win football team, which is great for team morale, but terrible for getting your guy. And that's what you – go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Bruce. I was going to say, so you guys are saying draft picks are crap shoots. Tanking is a crap shoot. The Dolphins were tanking. They went won five games. The Bengals weren't tanking. They went two and fourteen and got the first pick. So even if you try to tank, there's no definite. You're not you're not promised to get the number one overall pick because the best thing you can do as a front office to tank is put bad players on the field. But the fact of the matter is, all those guys are fighting for jobs. So those twenty two players are going to bust their butt trying to win games, and they might not be as talented, but they're still going to have a shot to win games. So your best option is to put a crappy quarterback out like the Bengals did. Bench your starter, put somebody bad in there, and that's how you get the number one pick. I thought you were calling Andy Dalton bad at first, but then you. And I was calling Brinson's boy. Ooh. Ooh. You hate to see it. Yeah, Dalton went Cause, cause Andy, cause, Yeah, because Dalton fared so much better. <laughs> yeah, you're ripping Ryan Finley. Dalton's the one who got benched for Ryan Finley. <laughs> Andy Dalton has more regular season wins than Cam Newton. I'm out, I'm out on Cam Newton. I mean, this is just, it's a tired old little trope you've got here. Bears quarterback Andy Dalton, congratulations. 2-11 and 11 last year. Great. I mean, get out of here. Huge upgrade. So uh, here's what I would say about the pan- about tanking the NFL. I don't think – I think that the problem with the way that we phrase it, tanking, is that it – because, like, in the NBA, tanking is legit. Like, teams will sit their star- sit their starters down the stretch to make sure they lose to have a better chance at getting lottery picks. Coaches, um, you know, really just simply don't do that. 
because the coaches are not going to bench guys who are healthy down the stretch because you've got to win games. Like, look at Dan Quinn. I mean, he's like, we thought he was done and fired. He goes six and two down the stretch and he keeps his job. So like everybody's fighting for their job. You know, the Dolphins beat the Patriots and all of a sudden Brian Flores is, has elevated his status, um, with the, you know, with the, with the Dolphins, with the league, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And as a result, you know, you, people are a lot more comfortable with Brian Flores. They're like, oh, they went 0 and 16. We don't know if we can trust them. And so that to me, that makes a big difference. I would say too that. Uh, with tanking, I don't think it's a situation where the Panthers are actively like they're not all sitting down in the in the in the front office in like media rooms and be like, ha, 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 we're gonna tank. They're like, look, you know, this Trey Turner is you know he's a good player, but he's not a great player. Uh, we think we could trade him. Greg Olson is too old to keep around. Um, Luke Keekley, you know. We're not going to cut him, but if he retires, it's fine. It's like Cam Newton. They're, they're trying to, you're trying to get some assets back in return, stockpile assets, get younger and build a better base. That's what I think the key is. It's, it's players who don't fit into your time window who are good players. Those are the players I think you part ways with and try to acquire picks that can be turned into assets that you can actually use during your window. Um, and real quick, I'll float a, a PFF guys have been floating this for a while, so it's not my idea, but if the Panthers were truly tanking, they would trade Christian McCaffrey right now because his value is probably as, at its sure. absolute highest, but they won't do that. For sure. Um, I mean, like, they should. I mean, I'm not saying they should trade him, but I mean, like they, you know, like if you can get a first round pick for Christian McCaffrey. But that McCaffrey, would be true. That would be true tanking is, is trading correct. Christian McCaffrey right now because he's probably never going to have that type of season. But but I also like I don't know this necessarily tanking because you're like, look, he's a he's a really good asset, a really good player. But he's also a player who we're going to have to pay 18 million dollars in a couple of years if we want to keep. And so at that point, um, you know, I don't know. It just seems like a situation where you, you know, you're not going to, you know. You don't want to trade Christian McCaffrey, but if you get a first round pick back for him, then it's not an insane idea. Okay. Moving along to the next question. Uh, uh this is good from Snowdog2435 mailbag and the little asterisk vintage P- PTI noise. Breach, you want to do it? Mailbag. Whoa. That was a good one. Mailbag. That was really not good. good. Mailbag. Anyway. You just couldn't leave it out there, could you? I was just trying to get the inflection right. Hey, guys, fantastic podcast. I had a couple trades in mind for the Giants this offseason. The Giants trade Evan Ingram to the Bills for the 22nd overall pick. Gives the Bills some needed receiving game versatility. Caden Smith becomes tight end one for the Giants. Or the Giants trade the fourth overall pick to Jacksonville for Jacksonville's ninth plus Yannick Ngakwe and then give Yannick a big contract. Thoughts on either of those deals, Breach? You're a trade meister. I don't think that the Bills would do the first trade for Evan Ingram. Maybe you, you find the, the whatever the draft compensation is. I don't think it's first rounder. Uh, but the Bills need a tight end, so maybe they do something third rounder. I don't know. The other one is way more interesting, though, because Jacksonville has a player in Yannick Ngakwe who does not want to be there. He literally wants to get out of Jacksonville as fast as possible. And if you can do a tag and trade, you look, if you're the Jags, you're, you say, Hey, we're getting rid of this guy who doesn't want to be here. Plus we move up five spots. And if you're the Giants, you're like, we're getting basically a first round talent and we're only moving down five spots. 
So I could see both teams at least. I don't think this is where the trade would end, but I could see that starting a conversation for a trade of that proportion. Yeah, I like the Yannick Ngagwe trade better for the, the Giants. I think that that would be a no-brainer. The only downside would be you have to give him the contract, obviously. Um, but I don't know if that's enough for the Jags to give up a talent like that and only move up five. I feel I feel like the Giants would have to throw in another pick is, is my guess on it. But, to, I mean, I guess the problem would be is they don't have much leverage because Ngagwe has made it very clear that he wants to be out. So maybe that makes them settle for a worse deal. But I feel like they would have to throw in another pick. Who, the Jaguars? No, the the Giants. I don't. Do you think moving up five spots is enough to get rid of a twenty four year old star pass rusher? Uh, no. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I would probably want is a second round pick plus something. Yeah, something like that. Maybe a like third round. Third. Pick. Like, so the Giants give up a third and move back five spots. four and nine. Yeah, I could see that. I don't hate that. Um, by the way, uh, the the Bills ain't trading the first round pick for Evan Ingram. No, that's too much for everyone, I, agree. I think. Yeah. Just because, like, he's really, really good, but the injuries are a uh, problem. Uh, yeah. And you can get a – the wide receivers what they need more than a tight end. Well, well and also, like, Evan, there's not a great group of tight ends in this class by any stretch. And, like, Evan Ingram would obviously, I think, be the top tight end if he were in this class. Ryan nods his head, so that's good. Um, but they have well, Dawson Knox, who actually is a good young guy. I player. really like Dawson Knox. Yeah. And he fits more of what they want to do. Evan Ingram is more of an inline receiving tight end. Dawson Knox can line up a block. He's great in the red zone. And like Evan Ingram's got two, he's already played two years of his rookie deal. So if he has one good year next year, you're going to have to pay him a ton of money. And I'd rather keep rolling with Dawson Knox and add a cheap wide receiver in the draft if it's me. And if you really, if you really want a tight end, you can go sign one in free agency too, instead of giving up a first round pick for one. Cause I wouldn't. Give up on Evan Ingram and replace him with Caden Smith, who um, he wasn't drafted by the Giants. He was a day three pick. He came into the last season as like a day two conversation, um, and he got cut. And I think he ended up on the Giants uh, that way. He's he's a good number two or number three tight end. If you make him number one, that's a problem for um, Daniel Jones. Mailbag from HMCCRITE. Hypocrites. What moves do you think are going to, what moves do you guys think are going to happen in the NFC West? Anyways, love the pod. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. That was a pretty good Russell, Russell Russell invitation, wasn't it? So this is what I wrote down. Um, very broad question, obviously. I think the 49ers, after all the Tom Brady rumors stuff, I think they're going to keep Garoppolo. Um, I think like maybe a trade they make is like moving on from Marquise Goodwin. There's, there's been talk of that. And I think, Frankly, I think Marquise Goodwin could actually do well in, a, in other offenses if he can stay healthy. Like, I think, hello, Chiefs. Like, if you're getting rid of Sammy Watkins' Uh-oh. contract, that would be an incredible fit there. Um, I don't think – I don't feel like the Seahawks are going to overpay for Clowney. I'm, I don't know why I'm getting that vibe. I just feel like it's not what they typically do. And, of course, we saw the part ways with everyone, the Legion of Boom, because they didn't want to overpay those free agents. I, I would be – wouldn't be surprised if they bring back someone like Michael Bennett as like a depth piece. And Bennett talked about recently that he would be down uh, to finish his career there. And for the Rams, what I wrote down, I think they're going to try to trade Gurley, obviously. And I just don't think they're going to be able to because I think the only way someone is taking that contract – is if you throw them a pick, too, in, like, the Osweiler type of deal. The problem is the Rams also don't have draft picks because they've traded for everyone using draft picks. Um, only thing I have to say is about the Rams because I uh, talked to Sean McVay at the Combine. Much nicer to me than Sean McDermott. <laughs> Just want to put that out there. And I actually asked him specifically about Eric Weddle retiring and what that meant for that defense, and he said that he hoped that John Johnson would be able to step up in, into that role 
and had learned under Eric Weddle during their couple of years together. But they could easily draft a um, draft a safety as well. And I'm trying to see my three round mock draft who I had them taking because they don't have a ton of draft picks. Um, let's see. I haven't taken a safety in the third round. Terrell Burgess out of Utah, so that could also be a, a filler there. But um, that's all I got. I just want to mention that I talked to Sean McVay. Did you? I'm sorry, Sean. Please don't be mad at me for I didn't. I wasn't not listening. I was just coordinating something. Um, did you mention Jadavion Clowney? Yes, I said okay, I don't I think I don't, I don't. I don't think the Seahawks are going to overpay for him. I don't, I don't think it's I, what they typically do. I, I don't either. I think that they have a number that they've put down. And that if if no one else goes over, I think that the uh, mentioned this with uh, Chuck and Buck on uh, KJR. I do a weekly hit with them on Wednesdays. Ryan's board. Actually, my my brother in law was in town. He lives in Seattle right now, and he mentioned he was like, I think one of the guys who do your podcast, I hear on sports radio here quite a lot. Oh, nice. And I was like, is it Will Brinson? He's like, yep, that's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuck and Buck, they're 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 actually great guys. They're hilarious. But um, they uh, we agreed like they they think that um. Seattle would win a tie, and I agree with it. Like, I think if Seattle is – if it's close, Clowney will come back to Seattle for whatever the Seahawks are offering. But if somebody else blows away the market, then Clowney's going to go take the most money, and, and I don't blame him. I think, I think he's happy in that fit. They need to get some kind of pass rusher, though. So I, I said, like, for me, it's like they always like the undervalued guys who they can get for cheap, and I don't think this would fix it, but it wouldn't surprise me if Michael Bennett is back there. And he said – Yesterday or two days ago, that he would he wants to finish his career there, and he correctly pointed out every time they drafted a defensive lineman, everyone's like, "It's a Michael Bennett type. It's a Michael Bennett type." So maybe why not just bring back Michael Bennett? All right, that works for me, uh, and I agree with you what you said about Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they'll go with him. Um, there is some buzz out there that they're waiting for Kirk Cousins. Gotta wait another year. Well, yeah, well, like the, like, run, run it back with Garoppolo. If he doesn't improve and Cousins is a free agent, then re- cut Garoppolo and sign Cousins. It makes yeah. perfect sense. It's hilarious that like Kyle Shanahan is like, I can't win with Garoppolo. I need Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, he's, I mean, he's, he's it's like the Spider-Man meme of like all the quarterbacks pointed at each other. He's, he's worked with them a lot before, though. So, I mean, they, they have had success. Um, and then uh, get offensive line for the Cardinals. That's the obvious one. Protect Kyler. I wouldn't mind if – this is a little risky, and I worry that the Cardinals won't do it. But if like C.D. Lamb fell to the Cardinals, he and, will be there at eight. And but, but like, yeah, yeah, he'll be probably be there at eight. But like, if you don't love an offensive lineman, just take the stud wide receiver. They better and, love an offensive lineman. That would be borderline negligent if they didn't take an offensive lineman. I know, but I mean, maybe maybe you could sign Jack Conklin. Yeah, now listen, if you sign some guys, sure, go go crazy. That's I, I just I just don't think I hate the idea that like you've got this awesome young quarterback who's mobile and who did a good job mitigating pressure to a degree last year, that you just go out and waste a first round pick on a on a lineman who might not work out just because you need one. And I think those the top guys, whether it's uh Anthony Thomas, um uh, Tristan Wirfs, Mecky Becton, Mackay Becton, and um uh, who am I missing one more? Wills. Yeah, Jedrick Wills. Yeah, is there? Is that it? I think that's it. Uh, who? Josh Jones. Excuse me. Austin Jackson. They're, yeah, those are. Well, but I guess like those those top four guys. I feel like everybody believes those are kind of blue chipper guys. But yeah. like to me, you'd be better off if you can like get the best player. Like if you if you think C D Lamb is a monster, get C or Jerry Judy. Get one of those guys and, and give him to Kyler Murray and figure out offensive think, line later. Yeah, I think, and it's also it's a long term rebuild still. Like you don't have to yeah. you don't have to be targeting twenty twenty as your 
playoff season. It's probably not going to be. It's a season you you take strides. So you will have another draft to get offensive linemen. Exactly. Uh, and then the Rams just cross your fingers and pray Goff and Gurley get better. <laughs> Broncos offseason from Jason John 1212. Great podcast. Do the Broncos tag Justin Simmons and go after a free agent corner like Xavier Rhodes? Also, how do you see Locke playing under Pat Shermer's offense? I'll answer the first part, um, which is no. I mean, I don't – Xavier Rhodes is going to be a really interesting case because he's pieced together really good seasons in in the past, and he's not coming off um, a very good season. I don't think that necessarily makes sense there. I actually think the Broncos, depending on what happens with Chris Harris, though, are still pretty – feeling probably pretty good about that secondary. Um, I do think they'll tag Justin Simmons or give him a long-term deal. I don't think there's any way he's hitting the open market. But they just traded for A.J. Bouye. Uh, people forget that they signed Bryce Callahan a year ago. He just was pretty much hurt the entire year. But if they can get him healthy, he's one of the best slot guys in the league. So even if they lose Chris Harris, I think they're probably already feeling pretty good about their secondary. In Xavier Rhodes, it, it comes down to money. If someone's willing to throw stupid money at him because of what he's done in the past, then they're, they're going to be ruled out. But if he's getting a prove-it type of contract because he's coming off a bad year – then that would make sense. But don't overpay for Xavier Rhodes. Yeah. I just, just pay Chris Harris. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, think, that's, a, that's a bigger question. Why not just keep Chris Harris? It's a lot of money. Um, I think um, Drew, Drew Locke's going to have a really good season. I thought he played pretty well down the stretch. A few games he got, he, he looked pretty comfortable. And I think a part of that, and this could be just me making stuff up, is that he didn't have the pressure of being a first-round pick. He was just a second-round guy. So it wasn't the pressure. You have to get him out there. We have to see what he looks like. He just came in there. Um, you know, after it was clear that that Brinson's MVP Joe Flacco wasn't going to be able to get the job done, but in, in I like that. Case, I like that you're just erasing the fact that you jumped aboard that same bandwagon by August. It's ridiculous. In my defense, I was also uh, bigly on board with uh, Drew Locke. Uh, I will say this: Brinson mentioned um, the Cardinals possibly drafting a wide receiver number eight. The Broncos should definitely do that at fifteen. Uh, I think fifteen is where they pick. If C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs is there. Because then you have Cortland Sutton, Manny Sanders obviously was traded away. You have Noah Fant, their first round pick last year. You have Philip Lindsay, and you get a, like a deep threat like Henry Ruggs. He ran a four two seven, and you know then you're looking at something. Now they could draft an offensive lineman because um, their left tackle Garrett Bowles has been not great, uh, to put it kindly, and they may want to move on from that. And I understand that, but if you have a chance for a playmaker, like a difference maker early on in the middle of that first round, I'd say go for it. Garrett, Garrett holding Bowles. Yeah. If um if you're redrafting last year's draft, is Drew Locke the second quarterback taken? Yeah, I mean Daniel Jones didn't do a terrible job, all things considered. I wouldn't have taken him at six. Would you rather have Drew Locke or Daniel Jones now off of what we've seen? The Giants wouldn't give up Daniel Jones for Drew Locke, to answer your question. Well, Dave Gutman wouldn't. But I mean, would I? I don't I don't think I saw I think it's a, a, I think it's an interesting question. I think it's yeah. close. I, 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 how about this? I think Drew Locke is a first round pick. Yeah. He's he had a better year than Dwayne Haskins. I will say that Dwayne Haskins better, better, better environment, surprisingly enough, given the Broncos. But I mean, like, like I and I think too, like I'm not gonna get on a Broncos hype train. I mean, Patrick Mahomes exists. So I'm not, I'm not doing that this year. But I think there's a very reasonable chance the Broncos are the second best team in that division. Oh, stop it! I'm, I'm with you. That's, and that's not I even mean, a hot take. Princeton loves to bring it up, but like the amount of close games that didn't go in their way that if they, uh, if the bears don't make a 60 yard field goal, or whatever it was, and they had a bear, lot go wrong. They lost to Jacksonville in the late field goal too. Like they're a hundred percent um, going to franchise tag Justin Simmons. So you got him and Von Miller. So you got that two defense groups. will be good. The defense the will be fine. 
The Chargers are going to sign Tom Brady. That would that would change things if the Chargers signed Tom Brady for sure. But I mean, they have a bad offensive line. Like we started looking at their. I mean, they have a bad offensive line. Mike Williams has one year left on his deal. Keenan Allen has one year left on his deal. Joey Bosa is locking for us on this podcast. Is probably going to hold out without a new contract. And the Bosa's don't give a bleep about holding out. They will. They love holding out. They get off on holding out. Uh, the, like okay, sure, Anthony Lynn and Tyrod Taylor are going to win. I love Austin Eckler, but I'm just not sure that they've got. They, they could lose Hunter Henry to free agency. I'm not. I. I'm obviously off the Chargers. We broke up, but like, I just, I look at the Chargers and I see a, a team that's declining and maybe closer to rebooting with a rookie quarterback than a team that's threatening. And the Broncos have Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, uh, Drew Locke. Who? Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay. Royce Freeman. And, and the other team in the AFC West, the Raiders, we talked about how even though they won, what, seven games? They're getting Tom Brady. They were not a seven-win team. I mean, yes, they could make a lot of upgrades this offseason. We'll see what happens there. But as currently constructed, that is not a seven- or eight-win team. That's more of a five-win team. Okay, so Ryan had to leave for a radio show with our buddy Chad Dukes. Chad Dukes versus the world in Washington, D.C. Ryan, does he, is he getting paid by 106.7 The Fan, Sean? No, there's no way someone's paying him to do radio hits. <laughs> no, no, but I'm saying he promoted 106.7. Like, he's like, I've got to leave uh... Chad Dukes. And he mentioned Grant and Danny earlier. Like, what? Like, what's what's the deal here? Uh, Breach left for HQ. He was supposed to be on video immediately to talk about the owners' meetings, and uh, then was placed on hold to wait for David Sampson and Jamie Eisenberg to talk about the NFL owners' meetings. Uh, I guess it's just in the queue. What are you going to do? And uh, and Debo, our producer extraordinaire, has disappeared. This is sort of like a Back to the Future thing, where like you know they're holding the photograph and people start evaporating in the photograph. You will not be surprised. I have not seen Back to the Future since I was, like, seven. You should watch it. It holds up. I trust you under that. It's just, you know, I, I think my dad showed it to me as a kid. I have not revisited it. Well, we have more mailbag questions, but we lost our mailbag answerers. So I guess we're going to call it a show. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Pete Prisco and I will talk offensive linemen, defensive linemen, edge rushers, plus some uh, you know, updates on the latest with Corona and what how it's affecting the NFL situation. I mean, it's they literally just canceled the owners' meeting, Sean. We're not talking about Corona. We're talking about the cancel the owners' meeting. That's okay. That's fine. Fair. Yeah, I mean, we're not. We're not. I just I don't I just don't need you to rant about the spiky cells and whatever you're doing before the show. We're not going to rant about the. Do you think Prisco is going to talk about that? Prisco. I, I I I could see you guys having the. No like, no no. Prisco Prisco is like Prisco thinks it's like. Everything's an overreaction to this. I, I would guess would be my if I had to guess his opinion of it. But like in reality, he's an old person who's out of shape. Like he's the I mean he's the prime demographic for this spiky-celled assault. We will be back tomorrow. 